Hello and welcome to the Pro Detailer Magazine podcast. I am joined here by Mr. Ian of Sealy. Hello. And uh, we are in a very positive mood because we have just put issue 15 of the Pro Detailer Magazine to bed. So I, think, to I think positive is a bit of a stretch, but yeah. Well, pretty broken. Um, we I'm, not, re- I'm not crying anymore. So. <laughs> just all dried well, up. Yeah, yeah well, uh, we are uh, talking to you shortly after a massive heat wave and we are working in uninsulated buildings and getting very, very hot and sweaty as a consequence at the moment. It is only 25 degrees, positively chillsome. Um, but my God, 2022 has been a busy year so far, has it not? I'm surprised the entire world hasn't burned down yet. But Oh, just on just the magazine front. Well, just us, yeah. actually. Don't give a crap about the rest of the world. Yeah, it's been pretty full on. So what happened? We, we pulled a book out of the hat in uh, end of April, beginning of May. Yeah, eventually that went to print. That did, and that's been going really well. We're really chuffed. Thank you so much for all those who have supported us with purchases. If you haven't, do so. Um, we're even on, on some Amazon bestseller list now. Yeah, which is, we were number one. We were, briefly. In, in, in our category. In our category. <laughs> which is a fairly niche category, but still, we've we, we beaten out... Oh, what was it? What's the name of the guy who does uh, Repair Shop? Oh. Yeah, we beat him anyway, yeah, so that's him. a positive thing. Yeah, and he's obviously really famous. Um, but we did that, and then we did the Wax Talk Guide, and of course, the previous Wax Talk was 2019, so uh, that was... Uh, we did that in kind of the old style. Ago. It was a long time ago, and of course, in now your design prowess well, is the, such... The that thing we were... is that Wax Talk was historically um, always where we, when, yeah. where we would launch the, the the summer issue of the magazine, so yeah, around Talk about would... a week in the run-up to finishing the magazine, you'd end up dropping off, going into Word and Paint or whatever, and putting together this this uh, little wax talk guide. Yes. Um, he was scurrying around to get the main issue of the magazine actually ready. I just want to make it clear it's Word 97 as well. None of these newfangled snappy, snappy Did they words. carry on making Word after 97? I didn't know. They did keep on making it, but I, I have an old school one that you, you get a license. You don't even have to log in and pay every year. You get a license, you do it. It's brilliant. And now I use modern do Word. Do you have that on a business card, license to Word? <laughs> I should. But no, so... This year, obviously, because it was a little bit earlier, thank you very much for doing it over uh, Spring Bank Holiday weekend. Um, it's... Uh, you're right there. Yeah, I'm all right. Sorry, the printer just woke up. Oh, OK. It's a voice-activated printer, apparently. <laughs> but it's fine. You can't hear it. Um, but, yeah, so this actually gave us a chance to put a bit more time into the wax sock guide, play about with it, put some articles in there, put some production into it. Um, it's get very rid- Get rid of the bitmap images that you made on paper. I like bitmaps. Who needs to compress it? Yeah, so, yeah, but that consequently consequentially um did mean it took us about two and a half three weeks to, to put all that together well it just struck me that theoretically wax talk should actually be this sunday yes. because this is the third sunday in coming up in 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 july so i'm kind of glad it's done now <laughs> if somebody said we're doing wax talk again tomorrow we'd be yeah panicking wax um, talk north <laughs> yeah, damn you chris out. evans <laughs> yes Stop painting Ferraris white. Um, so, uh, yeah, and that was mega because obviously we have a big stand, six by six stand uh, for the show. So we, we first of all have to do the wax stock guide, which involves talking to all 60 attendees, exhibitors, and getting information off them for their listings and stuff like that. And some of them cannot reply to emails. Oh, trying to get a, we just want your logo, just a logo. Yes. For God's sake, it's for a map, it's to help you. <laughs> so we have that, and, and God blame it, it's, it is hard work on the coordination side of things. Some, some uh, hang on, don't get me wrong here, some are absolutely brilliant. They, I send out a, a blanket email to everyone, and within 10 minutes, there are about five or six companies that have filled in the forms, sent over nice high-resolution PNGs or JPEGs, and they're marvellous and we love you. Those who didn't, judgment. Judgment of you. Anyway. Um, Slight scowly eye judgment. Yeah, you, I forget this is a podcast. You can't see me just twitching my beard. Um, but probably you, for a good thing. You can probably hear it, you can though. Put your clothes back on. 
Um, <laughs> that noise was his beard. Just <laughs> yes. After my comments, that didn't really work too well. No, it didn't. Yeah, face beard as well. Um, so anyway, we uh, then... <laughs> Ian's just crying. Uh, <laughs> you have to what do, you, do you call it your genital beard otherwise? <laughs> There's just, another just, word. Just face beard. <laughs> I mean, I already call it your cock beard anyway. <laughs> Anyway, this is distracting. As you can tell, we're not drunk. Um, we're the, the Ian's yes. just on tea, and I'm on Red Bull. Um, yeah, I bought a 48 pack of Westerns, Harry Westerns, strong cider to celebrate the ending of the magazine, and I, I've 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 drank quite a lot of it. I mean, I opened recently. a bottle of wine and uh, ate them with an accompaniment of dry frosties. Oh, it's like being a student. I know. A um, straw now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, the the show itself was fun because previously we had kind of got a slightly bigger team. I used to have more employees so that we would rope in, um, and so it was really just down to us two. And well, we we decided on Calaxes was a way to go, so we went to IKEA and spent a thousand pounds on Calaxes. Well, no, we, we went to the IKEA website. I'm not going into an IKEA. Oh hell no! Well, I'm not allowed actually after last time. I got lost, and I found a fire exit that set an alarm off. It didn't end very well. Um, and then I tried to return things because I didn't have a roof rack. I feel uncomfortable if I have to leave the arrowed walk, even though there are cut-throughs. I feel like I need to follow it the whole way around to get the whole experience. You see, we've both got slightly different mental ambiguities. And, yeah, mine is mine is setting alarms off and getting the police called, and yours is making sure that you follow the arrows precisely and must stay exactly 16 degrees. Yeah, it could be difficult, I can see. Um, so, yeah, website. And... Um, we put it all together. We got the banners. Well, we so we ordered banners from Italy and to be made there because obviously Italians are good at that. Well, sort no, of thing. we just ordered banners. We didn't know they were coming from Italy, but until they didn't come, yeah. And then apparently they arrived in Swindon the day before the show, but we weren't able to access them. I suggested we break into the DHL sort of depot and provided tools and a, a half decent plan to evade most of the CCTV cameras, but you said no. I didn't specifically say no. I was I really couldn't be bothered. No, I I was quite looking forward to that. I've got many hammers which are good at that sort of ram raiding thing. But anyway, so uh, we then went to show and set everything up and even bought our own carpet, which you skillfully put down and then cut and stuff like that. Um, and then we were going to be standing on stand and talking to people and stuff like that, but I got pulled off to the stage for most of it because Kelly... Uh, trotted over I think the day before saying oh could you help with a couple of things three hours later talking to some random not random I'm sure he's very important terribly sorry I don't know what your name is um and uh doing interviews and stuff so I think the same about you <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> most people just presume I'm the security um or they should call the security uh and so the day itself was a blur frankly well I, because because you were off off stand all the time I ended up going around doing all the photography bits that we needed for the, <laughs> the old, so I was also off stand most of the time that's true I did do photos and it wasn't just of that lovely Subaru and pretzel that was behind us. It was mostly of that Subaru Impress that was behind us. Notice, and I knocked off the lovely from your description. Uh, yeah, I know that. It was a Subaru Impress. I took, I think, 800 frames there, and I think only 60, no, 60 or 70 were of the Scoob. And the problem is it's not a great place for photography anyway because of the lighting and the people. Um, and I, I, I find, actually, if you're a photographer at a show, big advice, grow a beard, look scary. Works wonders for scaring the children away. Um, yeah, that was a blur. And then we came back and thought, crap, we've got to do issue 15 in, in the space of six weeks. Which we had been working on beforehand. Oh, we, yeah. Things like the Megatest and that we had got the ball rolling on yeah. quite early on, but 
obviously with everything going on, we hadn't been able to chase it as much as we want to, which we'll come to later, I'm sure. Yeah, well, I remember a, a trip where we were leaving this place, in fact, and I was a passenger in your Mercedes, um, clinging on hard, and you, and I think you said, oh, when do you think we should go to print? And I was thinking, well, you know, towards the end of July, maybe, uh, keeping it vague. And you're like, I think we should do it on the second week of July. And then came up with your reasoning, which was all very logical and sensible like that. And I was thinking, God almighty, this is this is dreamland. But bugger me, we've done it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, we really have. And it wasn't a rush job before anybody comes to that conclusion. We, we, we were diligent. Um, and I mean, just to just give you an idea of scope, like the new products section and new products and hardware combined was 14,000 words. The mega test was about 10,000 words. Um, I think most of that was Andreas. <laughs> yes, he was a chunk. He was 4,300 words. And then we had 3,900 words from Arthur Arthur James, which isn't his real name because he, he, he sails for king and country and is currently down in the South Seas defending our honour against the Argentinians. And the penguins. And the penguins. Yeah, militant Argentinians. I'm, I'm not scared of an Argentinian, but penguin. Um, it's the way they flap their wings. And um, they, uh, so we had lots of testers and we'll get onto that. We don't want to get into a mega test deep dive right now. But let's kick off with the CCA, the car care adventures, the bit that frankly in the mag I really enjoyed doing because we do it year round and we're constantly doing stuff, visiting factories, seeing detailers, going to, you know, random jobs at nuclear power stations. And um, then specific. <laughs> it is weirdly specific, but relevant as you'll find out. And uh, I enjoy it from the photography point of view, but I also enjoy it from the narrative because, you know, everything, there's a story to everything and uh, putting that together and then meeting also all these people and seeing all these facilities. Um, and our first trip took us over over to lovely France, didn't it? Yes, on, we were on tour. On tour, on tour. Um, and the home of the detailing show. So we presented this kind of like the holy trinity of European detailing shows, and there are three of them culminating in Waxdocks, starting... Hence the trinity. Hence the trinity, yes. Well, We, we had to count it up first. All right, showing numbers off your came, education. Numbers came out right, there are three, ergo <laughs> trinity. There was no, nothing, no zombies after it, so not that kind of trinity. No. Well, you say that. We did go through a dodgy part tour when... when uh, have we, have we not it took me far longer than three days to come back to life after Waxstock. Uh, yes. Yes, it did indeed. Um, but yeah, no, so tour detailing show, that was fun. And um, we had lots of UK manufacturers there, but it was good to meet people like Fictech, who are really cool French mm -hmm. manufacturer. Uh, and also catch up, we met uh, Mr. Guillaume himself, Yves, mm -hmm. uh, who's very sparky character, really cool. And big shout out to him he he sent after he sent it came out just after Waxstock the Guillaume they've got like their own picture book I, yes. it sounds unfair it's a masterpiece of, of production it, it's an art coffee table magazine it really is and it's so heavy seriously you could inflict injury if you twatted somebody over the head with it I think it's about a tenner as well it's, it's well worth it yeah I don't know I think it's very limited edition I think they've all gone you can buy it oh right okay okay I feel less special now. He said, oh, I've only got a couple left. I'll send you one. And then lo and behold, he did. Um, so that was really cool. And who else did we meet in France? It was good. We met the Valet Pro guys. They were fun. Yeah, Cadillac were over there. Good to yeah. catch up with Bodo. And we um, palled up Bodo. Oh, yeah. Well, he's not called Bodo, is he? Let's face it. He's, he's called Jay Leno because he is Jay Leno. Um, and he's hilarious. And he's a bit German. <laughs> who, who knew? Who knew? Um, uh, Alan was over there. Alan, Alan, Alan had a posse following him. He literally had. Well, he has an entourage these days. Yeah, he's kind of a big deal. He doesn't deal. get back to our phone calls anymore. He does to mine. Oh, that's awkward. Yeah. Uh, don't send dick pics. That's the key. I find people are much more responsive then. What else can I send? <laughs> <laughs> it's my only redeeming quality, <laughs> as I tell people. <laughs> 
Um, no, well, he was there, and um, he was there with some actually some really interesting people who were starting up. I think it's kind of detailing training academies, accreditation sort of thing down in southern Europe, somewhere like Greece or Turkey or Malta or something. Can't remember, can't remember. But anyway, long time ago, lots of things have happened since. Yes, exactly. I'm sure, we've mentioned it in the magazine though. Yeah, I think we have. And um, uh, then oh, also, the service, right? The Crytek. Quite with, with yes. all of their blacked out Mercedes vans and yes, things who like that. aren't Russian? No, they're not. They're um, I, I put it in there. Slavy, Slaven, quite possibly. Again, it's in the magazine. Yeah, we've written it down. Yeah. We just can't can't expect us to remember these things. It's 130 pages, for goodness sake. But uh, the, the reason that I say not Russian is on one of the uh, like impromptu videos we did there. Is I declared them to be Russian. Bear in mind, we've since gone to war. No, I think with... they were just going really fast. So look at these rushing around. Uh, I'd like to be able to get away with that, but I okay, yeah, they were rushing around in the blacked out Mercedes vans, and they're very pretty women, and um, they're very nicely modified BMW M4. I mean, it, it is somewhat like I don't want to go into this myself. Was it massively modified? Yeah, it had some fancy pants wheels on it, or it could have just been a CSL that, or something. No, I think it might have been mostly standard. Okay, I did annoyingly very quite cool, like it. and it was blasting up and down the uh, the main strip in tours for most of the evening after. It was a bit gangster, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, bit bit mafia. Um, but yeah, no, so that was awesome. And uh, France was fun. And we went to France with... I'm trying to remember. It was... Dave. It was Dave, wasn't it? It was yeah. Dave. Yeah, I was just... Because we did... We well, did. D- Dave tagged onto our trip. That's true. That's true. And then, of course, yeah. So um, Dave, Kendall, awesome, awesome man. And we, we went out for some lovely dinners and nearly got a bit kind of robbed and raped on the way home in one of them. Did but, we? Yeah, I did. Well, I went ahead because I had a um, ablutions disaster occurring. So I walked rather faster than you guys. Uh, and Short, then, Shorter steps, though. <laughs> shorter steps. And I got approached by some men of the night who were asking for everything from cigarettes to money. And um, so I just sort of said, no, no, I'm British. And then showed them my beard. And, yeah, they, they, they vanished back into the darkness. But I did for a moment think I was going to have to get a bit fighty, fighty, punchy, punchy. But everything was okay in the end. You guys obviously weren't bothered by them. Well, we were standing back laughing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there was that. And uh, then after that, we, we ventured... I mean, other things happened in between, but we went to Germany. Yes. To Ein, not Einbeck? Einbeck. Einbeck. It was Einbeck. Well, we went to Hanover first. We did. We did. And we got, we got a, a, an electric car that you got terribly excited about and I started getting very upset about. Because it was good. No, no it, it was the e-tron. No, you, no, no, you liked the e-tron. Because we'd, we'd already seen one in uh, at the pod parking at T5. Yes. And we got, oh, that looks really cool. Wasn't that we, a GT? We had a, we had a Polestar 2 booked originally. Yes, it was, G, it was a well, GT or Sportback. It was a swoopy. Was no, but the one we saw was swoopy and Yeah, it looked more like the A7. Yeah, which was a lovely car. Yeah, but it was still cool. Um, but yeah, we, obviously we got to Hanover Airport and surprised they didn't have the car that we wanted. I was expecting a Hyundai Ionique or something yeah. like that, something equally terrible. And uh, they turned around and said, oh, here's this Audi e-tron 55, brand new. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And we spent most of the time, you, you were draining the battery, playing with the various cameras. I was. It did have funky cameras. but And, and this is the thing. Everybody says these electric cars are fast. and No, it is fast. It's just yeah. restricted. Yeah. It could be. It could have been a lot faster because, fr- frankly, in any model above the 55, they don't change anything. They just... Add a, a add a semicolon somewhere. Yeah. And no, you go, oh, yes. Well, now I'll go uh, more than 200 kilometres per hour. Well, we maxed it at. It was 200. Is that what it maxed out yeah. at? Yeah. And it just felt a bit gutless at the top end. I like. Uh, this is why well, I like V8. It did. But I, I like V8s and I like flat sixes. That, that, you Which know. is why you're also poor. Yeah. Well, there is that. Yeah. Currently, yeah. what, 190 
to Alita at the moment as we speak. Uh, yes, and and yeah, but I've just you do bought... have a new disease, which I'm sure we'll get onto. Yes, soon I've bought a new car. Um, so we will get onto that at the end, just to make people that final giggle as they disappear. Um, so yeah, we went to Germany to decon. We got a lovely guided tour around half of the museum because then we ran out of time because we were called off somewhere else. And we have a hilarious picture of you on what looks like a penny farthing. Did we? Did that's that go more, into print? That's more than a penny farthing. Yes, yeah, in print. It's in print. Um, and uh, it was fascinating. It was all. It was very motorbikey, which isn't really my bag. But actually, from an engineering point of view, that well, it, it was on those levels because that was all they had had. Yes. Yeah. Um, they hadn't invented the third and fourth wheel yet. It was. It was. It was terrible coming. times over there. Post war. Yeah. Well, pre. Well, it depends which war you're talking about. Well, it is it's, true. It's going to be post sub a war. Yeah, no, the Gallic that. invasion <laughs> by Romans. Yeah, post war technically. <laughs> but they had cars before the thirties. Anyway, let's move on from the war. We got in trouble last time for that, um, and. Um, we did the show and that was great. We conducted uh, some podcasts over there as well with some interesting people. We made stronger links with some really cool German companies that we haven't had much to do with in the past. Um, Dr. Wack is quite big over there. Yeah. And he's looking to come into the UK. They are, but they already supply one brand. I can't remember, was it Porsche or somebody who all the stuff is actually Dr. Wack underneath. Um, and they are the OEM supplier to one of the big German car manufacturers over here. I'm surprised if it was Porsche, but yeah. so, not saying it couldn't be, but I always thought they, it, they were more um, Koch and Sonaxi. Yeah, I don't know, but it's it's one of them. Yeah. May or may not be. Um, and so there was them, and there was also Koch were there, but we didn't seem to manage to talk to them um, much, to be honest. No, it was a very, very strange stand. Didn't have much interaction as far as we could see. Maybe it was just you. It, I do tend to scare people. Yeah. Um, and there was two, at least two dry icy people, which is interesting, because last year there was, or the time before, there was only the one. One of the dry icy people had a very cool um, antibacterial uh, dosing spray gun thing that coats the inside of your aircon and lasts for up to 12 months. That's cool. It's quite cool. I thought yeah. it stung quite a lot, but then I didn't know it was for oral use. Oral? Uh, yeah. Suppository, mate. <laughs> that's, My bad. That, that, that's what the uh, the tips for. I see. That's 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 the same mistake all over again. Um, God, I keep dragging this down, don't I? Um, and then uh, we we met up with lots of other people. Timo was there. It was fun. Um, and we went out with the guys to a Italian restaurant in Just Germany. Just syllable at a time. <laughs> yes, the brain's slowing down as I get old. Um, but the, the hilarious thing there was that we were talking about the mega test that we do in this mag, and there were some people who wanted to talk at us for a long time about graphene and waxes and stuff like that, and I went out for five minutes for a little vaparoo on my device, and it turned into a 45-minute conversation. There was also the waiter that basically point-blank refused to service until I started speaking Italian at him, and it was suddenly he was my best friend. He was, yeah, good thing you started speaking Italian at him, because my Italian sounds remarkably like my French. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that was that was interesting. And the show itself was really good, lots of live presentations. Lars did a great job, Mr. Colourlock uh, up there, and lots of other people we know. And it was great to see Maritz. Yeah, they actually had the, li the live wash hall in there as well, so they had... Um Containment mats out and doing yeah. live demonstrations from the likes of Koch, which it, again, you know, live education is what the shows like. needs. Yeah, and 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 as I say, Nick and Moritz were both on good form, um, and so yeah, read all about it. And then of course we get to the 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 uh, crowning glory, the the Holy Ghost, if we continue the Trinity thing, Medigals, Waxstock itself. Mm -hmm. um, and we've already kind of actually talked a bit about Waxstock, haven't we? Hello, yes. Um, you don't understand the quote that I used to start the uh, the article off at all because you didn't watch wrestling in the 90s and 2000s. No, I didn't. No, nah, okay. Well, I was studying. If you if you didn't watch the wrestling in the 90s and 2000s, listener, then you won't get it either. So 
Yeah. Just skip that part. Just look at the photos. Yeah, they're pretty photos. They are, they're all right, really. Um, and uh, the things going on there was Project W was that BMW of Cavs. Mm-hmm. Um, just an FYI, keep an eye on the Lake Country YouTube channel because Cav and I do a, uh, a bitch-up, mash-up sort of video where it's Subaru versus BMW. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it doesn't doesn't go so well. We do another one which, with Kelly as well as Wax versus Coating arguments. So you're going to say it's like Kelly's McLaren versus Subaru oh, no. BMW. <laughs> <laughs> I've really gotten enough trouble. A little for bit excited. <laughs> yeah, I called it an average performance car, and he got very stroppy with me. Um, well, it, it does drop to average once it catches fire. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, so when it catches. Oh, okay. Just for the benefit of the tape. Um, so yeah, that was all good. And then yeah, we did the mag. So so that's CCA. We did a couple of things. Went to a nuclear power station covered in silicon spray, and not the to- power station, the cars. The cars were, yeah. The power, well, the power station was too, but it was supposed to be. Yeah. That was the good type. Um, what else did we do on CCA? We went to went to see Maguire's, which yeah. we'll talk about later on, because that's to do yep. with a section later on. Yep. And uh, we also... And you had the Kelly and Mike Harris. Kelly and Mike Harris. We did a, a couple of training days thought, with no, the no, pair of them. No, no. Kelly and Mike Phillips. Kelly Harris and Mike Phillips. That's it. God, it's... Uh, it's got warmer in it. It's 26 degrees now. I My know. brain's slowing down. The it's, temperature's rising. It's the problem rising. with having a silicon-based brain. <laughs> we're silicon based on I don't know I have no idea um, so we've we've done all that and we've done Maguire's and stuff and I think that's all good so that was CCA and yeah. there are other bits in there we did the Practical Classic show restoration show that was a giggle uh, I went around there with a camera and talked to people there was a soul gel thing which was of interest and we saw Furniture Clinic lovely to see Peter again um, being chased by old men asking about the leather interiors of their MGBs and me just chuckling to myself, well, thinking they're all vinyl anyway. Cover stories are. <laughs> they're wild. Yeah, very predictable. <laughs> um, so then we had a new section. Now, we used to do an A to Z of news, which I always used to well, like. this was actually before the, the CCA thing, That's true. the first bit. Yeah, yeah it's true. But uh, we always used to have A to Z, which were uh, literally 26, normally actually 24 and a half, short phrases about uh, little news stories, little kind of updates and stuff like that, which I kind of enjoyed, but from a formatting point of view, it's a pain. And from trying to find why meaningful news. Yvan Lacroix has got so much exposure from us over the years <laughs> just by having a name beginning with why. <laughs> yes. I think last time we had to use Yanomise and wow. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, oh, God, yeah. And um, so we've done He has launched in- a new range of car care, by the way. He has indeed, yeah. yeah. And actually, we've been contacted. We were supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't even replied no, to that email yet. No, no, no. Probably too. Moving on. Uh, moving on. Um, but they're longer news stories and, and sort of more depth and interest and stuff like that and a little bit of kind of comment. So moving hot scotching over to the new product sections. Now, we monstered the new products this time. <laughs> um, we have done more actual kind of testing of products for the for the new products as opposed to mega testing than we ever have before, I think. And we've done quite a few twin tests. Now, Ian, what were your highlights of of what I now call software because it alternates it from hardware. I think of all the products we went through, and we should bear, call bearing it w- in mind, we, we probably tested about 90% of the products in front of us, which you know might think, oh, cool, you don't test 10% of them. Yeah, but that's like five or six products that maybe we haven't got in time for doing the testing day or that they need long-term testing or we're just passing comment on the fact that they exist, but we haven't actually been able to get hold of them because they're interesting. Yeah, description. We actually tested about 90% of the products that are in there, and it's amazing the the, the breadth of... Um, Talent. Not technology, the chemistry that, mm. that is still coming out. And you consider, well, how, how much more can there be to invent? Um, 
think standout product for me this time is quite quite an interesting one because I absolutely loved Flies Undone, uh, Dodo Juicy's bug remover when that came out and we had that in last issue. I, I think we had it in last issue. In fact, yeah. I'm looking at it on the show. Oh, no, that's a rinse aid. Have you nicked the Flies Undone? I think I've used it all. Yeah. But I'm not saying it's been beaten. Mm-hmm. I'm saying I found another favourite bug remover, which, frankly, given the current weather, is quite a useful thing, which might be might be biasing me slightly to why yeah. I like so much. But in, Can you have two favourites? Like having two wives, you get in trouble for it. Do you? Oh, okay. I think I'd get in enough trouble having one. <laughs> Doesn't happen so far, but, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and that was Sharnagloss... No, it wasn't. It was Sansom. No, yeah, because we put it. We put Sansom up against uh, Koch Kemi. That was it. So, um, fa- fairly big German manufacturer might have heard of them. You know, supply Europe, and their bug remover is good. It was a. It was yeah. a tough test, but Bugsy really did win through and out debugged Koch. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. You'll have to read and find it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're trying to do the air of mystery. Bad pedal. <laughs> but no, no, but, so it's your but Bugsy, really good product. Uh, we don't hear much from Sam's. Sam, Samsung, Sansom. Yeah, um, but they're only based across the border from us. Um, so they are. Maybe the paperwork's at some point small. They'll yeah. get passports and come over and see us from Wales. I think he's allowed over. He's been. Are he's they? Been here. Yeah, oh, that'd be nice. Pretty sure they don't even charge on the bridge now. Uh, do they have to give them a talk about you know electricity and? Oh, oh, that came from you, not me. Just FYI, um, I love the Welsh, and um, so that was your uh, highlight. My highlight in the software department, or the wetware, as I'm now going to call it, uh, is Ficktech. Wet, wet, wet. Wet, no, just wet wear. No, wet, wet, wets. Although I did have a, a, a re-listen to, what was it, Chili's Pepper. That I, anyway, I was, and, and it was wet, wet, wet. There is a connection, but I can't think why. Uh, is it? No, never mind. It's gone. Uh, Fictech, because they have a really cool product range, expansive as well. It's, it's, it's huge. And it's a mixture of, in terms of the branding, kind of formal and smart in a kind of auto-glimmy, Swiss-faxy kind of way. But actually, they've got a real sense of humour. And uh, Ben, the guy's kind of behind a lot of that we talked to in France, and he's hilarious. And then you'll see from their advert in the magazine as well, um, they're very, they've, they've got a great sense of humour. And so, yeah, just look a little closer at the details. So, for example, in the background of their advert, they've put superimposed little tiny frogs. And you can't see them unless you're really looking, but little frogs, I think it's hilarious. Um, but no, their products are solid, and they do a tutti fruity fallout remover that we liked because it reacted reasonably quickly, but not super quickly, and didn't go off. It was a jelly gel based and i i liked it from a from a heavy decomp point of view it was it was a strong product um and we tried quite a few fallout removers and fallout uh wheel cleaners with added fallout remover um and there were some strong ones and yeah, some adequate turtle ones turtle wax sonax and sonax the beast yes the beast. turtle and wax so i can't Stana. pronounce the entire name yeah, yeah. And was Hill. and i like that too actually yes. as a wheel cleaner that was cool um so yeah, that was my favourite liquid. In terms of hardware, we've we actually we've been spoiled this issue. Oh, there's so much new hardware, cool stuff. Out. Um, and yeah, particularly cool gadgety stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your highlight? Really sad. Uh, Carscope tie brush. Yes, it's I'm really with you. really cool. <laughs> and yeah, I know. God, yeah, you're saying it's a really cool tie brush. No, there's actually put some thought into it, and it's a nice, nice, nice little packaged brush with its own little holder. Which again, it's not making this sound any cooler, but the the individual bristles are so tightly packed, but fine enough that you can actually get into all of the little crevices and bits around the tie. It's nice to use. You don't get tie dressing all over your hand. 
rinse it out. Well, I still manage to get a tar dressing over my hands. And oh, my yeah, but that's because you're licking it. Yeah. You shouldn't lick it. Okay, it gets in the beard. But the weird thing with that brush is when you feel feel it, it feels like a material yeah. that you're wiping, like a silk or a satin, not not a brush. And it's really heavy duty. It's heavy duty use as well. So, I mean, I've, mm. I've been using it quite a bit in the last couple of weeks and it's... It's stood, stood, up, to stood it. up to it nicely. And it's got a rubberized sort of grip, hasn't it? So it's, it's kind of quite uh, no, nice. No, plastic. I'm sure it's sort of semi-soft touch, plasticky, rubberized. I think it is. I don't know, but I think it is. Um, but yeah, no, that was that was a cool product. Well, um, I we've got a lot. We've got Carbon Collective Sense of Service, some cool things as well. Um, yeah, so the Mini Polisher and... Yeah, Mini Polisher was... was, was no, it was all right. It was all right, but it was the the it's, thing. It, it, it's, it serves a purpose in in a market. Yeah, yeah, and I, but the thing that I really liked from them was their electric pump sprayer, and yeah. it was and, and cordless, cordless. Yes, just, so to, cord, just to underline, just to clarify. So imagine a one point eight liter pump sprayer with a decent sized lithium battery in the bottom, and you pour in anything as long as it's not too caustic or acidic or solventy, uh, and then um, press a button, and it powers up, and it basically constantly makes I think thirty six psi or two and a half bar something like that um and you can wander around spraying it until your heart's content and it was it comes with a uh, two nozzles one for foaming one for non-foaming and foaming it could you you weren't a big fan of it as, as from a snow foam point no of view. Not, not really it was it again it was one of those things that, that it's been it's, it's almost being forced into something that's not really designed for um so whilst it will foam up if if you haven't got access to a snow foam lance and or a pressure, pressure washer, washer and everything like that and space to do it, then yeah, sure, it's it's another option. Um, but you can get pump foamers that work better than that, like hand pump foamers. Mm. Where I think its value is going to lie is for things like wheel acids and well, no, it's not because yeah. it's not. Yeah, it's, um, it's it's not good for not it, chemical. It doesn't have the Viton seals and all the rest of it. But you can get pH neutral wheel cleaners. Yeah. And so for, so for things like that or um, interior fabric stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely for interior, uh, com- clean convertible roofs, things like that. Mm. I, I like yeah, it. It's, it's good, and it does actually produce decent amounts of pressure and, and pump out and last for uh, last for a while. It does, and the nice thing is the pump will reach its pressure, and then it'll automatically stop, and then as soon as the pressure goes down, it'll then restart again. Mm-hmm. And I just I, it's so nicely it's not on constant run. Exactly, it was a nice piece of kit, and it's just USB charged as well. I, th- I thought I thought there was definitely a place for that, and I, it's a sort of thing. Occasionally, when we do these tests and stuff, obviously all the products are either go off and competitions, or we sell it with 100% proceeds going to charity, that sort of thing, um, or send them out to other people to sort of secondary test them. But some things just mysteriously disappear. Um, Where is like, that cordless Henry? Yeah, cordless Henry's disappeared. That's gone in there. <laughs> but other things like the tie brush has disappeared. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that 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 carbon collective thing might might do a vanishing act. It was that good. Um, so I'll tell you what, another thing from from uh, hardware as well. Um, and I only bring this up because the, I've I've got additional comments on it that I couldn't put uh, that I didn't put into the um, into the text into the text because didn't realise it until after we were using it was the poker stools. Yeah, they were cool. These are big, heavy. Um, heavy, sorry, heavy, heavy duty. I mean, yeah, comfortable right. detailing seats aren't going to fall apart on you. They've got nice memory foam cushion on them. Everything they've got um, these little holders that you can attach on the side, you pay extra for. But they're really, really nice, comfortable seats to to work from. I was using it the other day mm-hmm. with a um, flex cordless XFE, and I put the uh, thing down onto the um, machine holder on the sides. It kind of slots in a bit like you have a. a they're wall hangers but almost vertical um plugged it into there dropped the back down and things started spinning all over the place because uh 
almost need to put a little lip uh, for little the trigger. Lip. Yeah, just to hide it from the trigger. <laughs> <laughs> One little bit of criticism there, but apart from that, really awesome seats. Yeah, and and I'm as as anyone who's seen pictures knows that I'm I'm a fat man, and um, I sat up and down, bounced up and down, rolled around, and completely didn't break it. So that is a credit. If if I can do it, anybody can frankly get on there without it falling apart. So really nice quality as well. I built Good it from scratch. Wheels. Good casters, good bearings. Um, ours was a pre-release, and the bolts for attaching the seat were too short. But thankfully, I'm a man of many M8 bolts, and uh, we were able to get that thing. And many hammers, yes. Uh, and it was all fairly straightforward to assemble. Uh, and another top quality item there from from the Polish company. So um, good stuff there. And I'm just trying to think. The other thing was uh, the HLR. Ah, uh, yes. Final thing for this section, I think. Um, yeah, back in November last year, we were over at uh, Rupes in Vermazzo. Vermazzo? Yeah, Vermazzo. Italy. We were in Italy. And we uh, were in the, the big concrete cavern lair. I think they call it a training centre. Yes, but it kind of looks like it could be the inside of a volcano lair. <laughs> it's kind of got that feel to it. What was the car in there? It was good. Was it, oh, it was a, a the, SM? No, it's the DS. Um, it was a DS. DS. DS two fifth. Uh, we had arguments about this. I can't. No, remember I don't have an argument. I, I didn't know anything. I asked you, and you looked it up. I know. I looked it up, and then came to the wrong thing, and then realised lastly that it was the wrong thing. I think it was. I think it was, it was a Citroen. Citroen. Yeah. Citroen DS. Yeah. It was, yeah. We know that much. Anyway, completely irrelevant to the point. Um, mm-hmm. We were setting up. A, I think I was setting up a gimbal. You were setting up a camera, and we looked around and. Matt and um, Francesco and Andrea were over in the corner, huddled around a duffel bag together. Mm. So naturally, we, oh, what's that then? What's that? What's that? And they pulled out this uh, this prototype for the. I keep I keep on referring to it as the first. It's technically not the first battery power machine that Roops have made because they made the Hybrid Nano, and that is a battery machine. But that's that's not the kind of machine I'm talking about. It's their first full size machine, mm-hmm. and it's a 75 mil. Uh, battery polisher so uh, they were going to we we said okay right we won't talk about it we won't say anything Mm -hmm. we won't publish these sneaky pictures just taken while you're standing over there with the long lens and (laughs) Um, but just tell us when it's coming out we'll give you a little bit of you know bit of a push for publicity say yeah yeah we saw this it was great Uh, just let us know Uh, well they did when they published it yeah they just just after they published it they went Oh yeah, we've published that. Now. I was like, "What was it?" Yeah, we know that because we saw it on Facebook. Thanks for that. But to his credit, Matt came down with it. Yeah, and we had a play around and and with the machine. Arranged. Yes, we were we like <laughs> playing around with Matt. Um, yeah, and it was did, good. Did some testing. Yeah, good, yeah. Little, good little machine. What's again? I'm kind of revealing a little bit of the review in this, but my, what I really do honestly think is that very good machine. Some will like it, some won't get it, but it's the springboard for Rupes going into battery technology with the rest of their machines are what's most exciting about this, I think. Yeah, when the LHR15 comes out in electric HLR15, as it will then be. Yeah, then then it'll be there'll be some really good twin tests with the machines from our point of view as well, with the uh, Flex offerings and various others. Um, But why don't we take a little break now, just for your good as much as ours, and we'll be back with you very shortly. I 
hope you've been enjoying this Pro Detail Magazine podcast. I just wanted to let you know that issue 15 is now available to order on our website, www.prodetailermagazine.com, and it is stuffed full of stuff, which on this podcast we've been talking about, so I won't bore you with any further. Now, back to the podcast. Um, we, Through the magic of radio. It is awesome, isn't it? Um, we have talked about all the new products and the hardware. We've talked about the news and the car care adventures. Next is the guides section. Um, and you have done some great guides for us, actually, this time. We've got, first of all, a nice... I mean, this time. Well, Shaking I mean... <laughs> well, normally they're more collaborative, but this time, actually, you, you've very much sort of taken the guides on... Well, I'm not taking responsibility. <laughs> Don't try and put it all on me. Um, well, we kick off, anyway, with uh, a guide to... Actually, I did have some input on this. Uh, detailing vintage cars. We've missed one. Oh, okay. Because at the end of hardware, there is a little mini test on detailing brushes. Oh, yes. I want to touch on this quickly, actually. Um, Make yourselves comfortable, ladies and gentlemen. I shouldn't say I want to touch on this quickly just before guides. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Can we edit this? Anyway, um, this is a test that we've decided to start doing to highlight the, the differences between detailing brushes and how one brush does not fit all. Mm-hmm. So for this first one, we've kind of kicked off with the hardest test for them, which is pitching them in against piano black trim. Now we, first of all, we started out doing a shout out on social just to see what everyone's using and things like that. And we got a couple of suggestions back. Um, one of which was Carbon Collective, yeah, which we duly went and bought their their set of brushes off their website. Um, we got a couple of suggestions that were all of the same source manufacturer and for that we actually used um used macro ones yep. because they put a lot of effort into the design of these brushes and we had a long talk with marco i think when we were over there in, in yeah, november and, about this and, and it's about the combination of stiff and soft and yeah how the, how the, the structure is put to different star it, patterns it's very, very it sounds very, geeky but yeah. it's quite good yes and who else do we have in there so we put a we've got a um detail factory curveball brush in there this is new palm held a uh, brush that describes itself as being ultra soft. So I thought, okay, we'll, sh- we'll shove that in there. It's quite good for large areas, so good for dashes, everything like that. So that will come in a later test. And then we put in the yellow and red um, generic brush that you tend to get as the the base, the, you know, the the um, Tesco cheap uh, and cheerful. Yeah, Tesco basics or whatever they're called now. Uh, finally, there's a, um, a, a a great contribution from guy who said, "Oh, I'd use a paintbrush." So oh, we put you, a paintbrush in there. I mean, I've got to be careful. It's wrong it, on so many levels. Yeah, but we get it the whole time. Oh, you don't need a wash. We just use a sponge. It's the same sort of principle yes. of not getting it. And um, so we put one in there just. But no, yeah. But to what for argument's sake, we put one in there. So yeah. right, okay. Well, we'll have a look and see what it does. So sheets of black acrylic, black acrylic plastic, mm-hmm. and run ran a, uh, a test with all of them just to see. Well, first of all, you melted one, didn't you? Yes, I did melt one accidentally, and, I, and to be fair, I own up to that in in the uh, in the magazine. Yeah, but we have a nice fruit bowl. Yes, it's great. Um, we started off by peeling off the the protective film that comes with the plastic, and found there were lots of microfine scratches over what was supposed to be otherwise perfect plastic and we've always experienced before it's absolutely pristine under there mm-hmm. hence using them for the test instead of getting some uh some paint bits not up um so i thought okay well use a heat gun just heat those little mini scratches out and worked perfectly yeah but 
I'm incredibly lazy. So you know what? I'll just take this whole panel and just stick it under the IR lamps for, yeah. you know, a minute, something like that. They'll, they'll sort it out. And to be fair, it, saw, it, it did start to bow up a little bit. I thought, okay, it's just it relaxing. <laughs> yeah. And if I'd taken it out from under the IR about 20 seconds earlier, I think it would have been absolutely fine to use, but I got, I got distracted by a squirrel or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, turned around and it was Elephant Man... All over the place. The, the 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 panel, not the squirrel. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So well, it's fine. So anyway, we, uh, we yes. yeah we we got pristine plastic. Then in the end. we we took the, um, the 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 wrapping off the next one. It was the same that we turned it over and found out we'd been taking the wrapping off the wrong side. <laughs> I, mean, I say we in all this. <laughs> I wasn't it was there. Me. It was me. I did it. <laughs> so anyway, we had this pristine surface to test it out on. So use every single brush. Um, oh, Valley Pro as well. Valley Pro. Valley is the Pro. Other one. Yep. They have good um, range. They have a range that includes the the, the, the classic ones. They're sort of their sash detailing brush, which is the, the generic one. But again, for this one, we had the, what they term as their ultra. Soft. Fine, ultra soft brush yeah. um, uh, to test out on, on this particular test. We've tried to give it sort of a decent decent shot at it. Yeah, every one we've tried to pick the softest in the range that we've seen. Yes, although irritatingly... Ah, and another one we did. I keep yeah. on forgetting buns. Work stuff. Work stuff, yes. Work stuff. We got those brilliant. from John, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant set. Um, but again, with work stuff, we found after we'd got this, this set through... Um, that there is another level below or above, depending on how you look at it, of ultra ultra soft brush with a nice wooden handle, which we didn't have. But we're not testing this to um, say a manufacturer is particularly good or particularly bad, but just to show that just one brush isn't enough to to cover all the surfaces. So what might work for one will actually cause damage to another surface perhaps. And we found this with the Piano Black trim, which you'll read about in the magazine obviously because you're going to buy it um well basically so this is going to be a multi-part test so the first part we've done is how soft is the softest brush this is perfect for piano black trim and stuff that marks up easily the next test though uh, which will be in a future magazine is going to be how good are they for example at cleaning exterior thing going along window rubbers and there being softy softy is nowhere near as useful as being stiffy stiffy and as a consequence we might find that the tables are turned so hopefully by the end of the series and there'll probably be another two at least to do uh, we'll be able to give you some guidance on which are the best brushes for soft stuff which is the best for external heavy duty clearing and for example chemical resistance i mean valet pro 2 one that i've been using for a year or two now is a blue chemical yes, resistant brush which is definitely not soft great for wheels though yeah exactly not gloss black wheels but for general G- general cleaning, cleaning. Yeah. yeah so yeah brushes oh, it's kind of horses for courses but brushes for jobs yeah but mo- again it's, mo- it's mostly to prove the point that there is a there is a range within a range as it were so yeah and pointing out that regardless of it a Paintbrush is not one of those things. Yeah, and we actually found paintbrushes mark more than anything. Yes. So, Quite yeah. To that chap who thought that a paintbrush is good enough. Thanks for the suggestion. Always good to get suggestions. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're Even if wrong. they're a bit silly. <laughs> um, Sounds harsh. We, we hasn't, he hasn't got a right to reply. No, we, we respect your right to be different. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody makes mistakes. Um, guides, vintage. We did vintage detailing and bear in mind vintage cars are made of different materials in different ways in a different time and we feel that it was about time I've got a Hovis advert going on in my head. <laughs> 
Um, and uh, the guides we give really is for, for old school paint and the sort of materials that you get, for example, a lot of brass and, and even bronze sometimes on these old cars. Um, and I've never seen bronze on a car before. I have. Have you? Yeah. What? I, have. I used to hang around with vintage cars a lot. I mean, not like go down to the pub with them. Explain but... your conversation skills. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Um, bronze. What's bronze? Uh, I'm, I'm, so cast bronze fixtures I have seen before. Yeah, okay, no, I'm not, yeah. I'm not disputing it, but I'm just surprised because I've never seen that before. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not saying it's common, but... What's bronze again? Bronze, uh, it, bronze. No, bronze is tin and copper, isn't it? it yeah, it's a different. Yeah, maybe. I I can't remember. It's been a long time since I did alloys at school. Pretty sure I learned that from Poldark. <laughs> <laughs> we got some tin mine, and they're not even. No, they're in Somerset. We got tin. No, they're in we? Cornwall. Sorry, same place. Oh, yeah, oh, you got to be careful. No, they're different countries. I'm, I'm trying to tick off an area of the <laughs> UK with every single comment if I can. When you're murdered, I'll have no idea where to start investigating. If I can be bothered. I'd be peaceful uh, at least. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, the vintage car is really good. And it's just an interesting thing if you're not, you know, if you don't have a vintage car. Uh, it's still an interesting thing because also from a professional point of view, if somebody turns up in a 1929 Armstrong Siddeley 17 horsepower, you will have a better idea of how to deal with it. But it's about pointing out that detailing isn't always about making things better. It's yes. about keeping things as they are because that's where a lot of the value is in some of these vintage vehicles. And Patina and preservation. go really wrong if you start making yep. things look good that people actually prefer to look a little bit uh, ropey. Well, yeah. I mean, hell, the cover car of issue three was a Mercedes 300 SL convertible, and that was no machines allowed because it was original paint. And if you took a machine to it, even if you made the paint perfect, you wouldn't <laughs> cut its value in a quarter. Yes. Uh, and if you went through and it needed a respray, then, well, you'd be going to prison. So, um, yeah, it's an important thing. And then also we did one that people have been asking for ages, which is convertible top recolouring. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of... It's not going to be the sort of thing that everybody wants to attempt at home. No. But it, it goes through the steps and shows you how you, you can achieve it. But there's a lot of, I wouldn't say a lot of caveats, but a lot of things you really need to follow. So obviously doing the pre-cleaning and everything like that first, even reruns through uh, that side of it. But ensuring that everything is absolutely bone dry before you start. Um, different ways of applying it and... Yeah, well, different little hints and rules to follow. And if you want to give it a try, you know how some detailers have got kind of specialities. Or some, for example, who love doing headlight restorations, and some people who are particularly good at, I don't know, wet sanding or something like that. Yeah. For you, convertible tops has always been your kind of thing. To be honest, it's kind of the reason I started detailing because at the time I owned an MGF, and uh, you still <laughs> do own an MGF. No, I own an MGTF now, actually. Oh, get you. Well, that's and I think owning's a little bit of a stretch. I have the V5 and it's parked in the corner of a car park. <laughs> it's your responsibility. Yeah, technically. <laughs> As is the Renault 5. Strike. But no, when, when, I, when I first um, started to really get into detailing, I, I had a, a, an F and couldn't find anybody that could... Give an F. ...that could probably, properly clean it out and recolour it for me. Um, still can't to this day. <laughs> but I found out how to do it to other people's cars. So yeah, it's something I've, I've I've spent a lot of time doing, and I'd like to think I know know my beans a little bit about it. Mm -hmm. I have to have some sort of specialism in life. <laughs> it can't all be a waste of time, can it? <laughs> yes. Oh dear. Um, well, in in other terms, we have anodized uh, metallic surfaces, uh, which is another topic which is interesting, particularly if, like me, you own a mid noughties Audi or two, because mm -hmm. they love anodized aluminium. And not all uh, of them. Not all of them. There's uh, some different. But you and had again, massive caveats at the start of this article. Yeah. 
check what you've got before you assume it's advertised because it can go really wrong if you, if you so it's like oh actually that was painted yeah. oh shit or it's, this, this anodized steel has, has melted much yes. like plastic um so yeah that, that's <laughs> so that is a uh, another really interesting and it is very and niche it turns out it shows definitively why these um analyzed surfaces turn milky and what if anything you can do to stop it turning milk in the first place or once you've managed to possibly correct it yeah and you've done lots of tests with different types of chemicals so it is it's kind of a test and a guide yes. as well which is kind of a, a fun article um a so testy yeah, guide a testy guide <laughs> as opposed to a testes guide which is a bit different um now in terms of other guides we do have two guest contributors that you may have heard of before who have written us some nice articles uh, we have mr mike phillips from america who's uh, mr 3d in america head of global training i believe and he has written us a lovely guide and about abrasives and about abrasive, abrasive technology, technology how it's uh, progressed and how frankly it does what you work for you yeah and 3d are one of the few compound manufacturers who make their own powder as in abrasive powder so that is a kind of uh, you know an expertise that is really and it absolutely does not look like cocaine if you're taking it through an airport no, absolutely not. not at all um so we had that and that was really good and um yeah the whole 3d introduction with mike coming over and we've met with a cool guys simon and co from 3d in the uk so we hope to do some more work with them in the future um so that'd be good and we've got also a guide on sanding so this is a kind of intro to different types of sanding from mr kelly harris global director yeah, training this, for this, is, this is the start of a a wider range of articles on quite yeah. a technical subject so just it's going cool. through the different options there are damp sanding wet sanding dry sanding and what the benefits are and what you can achieve technically mm. so that's really good and it's nice to have that sort of authority i think these are the two two premium detailers in the western hemisphere when it comes to experience and reputation all the rest of it so it's really good really good to have those um interviews we do two interviews and one is with a mr marco bassini who is from Monza in Italy, uh, who runs a very cool garage, which is like a race shop and a custom car building shop and a detailing shop. They've got a lot of businesses going on within businesses there, and it's awesome. I wouldn't want to do their tax return. It's that He's also got a body shop as well, he so, does, so yeah. he comes from, from both ends of the scale, as it were. But he is uh, Rupes. Um, he's not really there in-house trading, but he comes out along over to Vamazzo, which is again about a 10-minute, 15-minute drive away from, yeah. from Monza and does a lot of their training on yeah, site he's I think involved he's, with a couple of other companies as well I think he is a detailing centre I think he is he, a, he himself yeah. at, at um, Carcade Garage detailing centre is a, a trainer in their own in his own yeah. right but he also does Rubio's training off site as well yeah yeah, so he's, he's, he's tight in that, and he was a lovely chap, and we spent some time with him when they were out there, and then subsequently did an interview after he had a very special, well, a very interesting car in that had been custom-built. Yeah, this was supposed to originally go in last issue, but we couldn't do that because we'd taken loads, taken loads of photos of this really cool car that he had in there that was custom-built, and it wasn't being released until January, and there was a press embargo on it. We had a lot of embargoes in the last we, issue. We did. It was complicated. And then we found that Supercar Blondie, or whatever her name is, got, got the um, exclusive on it, and that's why we couldn't. Um, and did a oh, video. Was that what it was? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. That, she that, did a video of it in 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 somewhere like Abu Dhabi or Dubai. That's fair enough. I watch Supercar Blondie videos over our own. Yeah. <laughs> yep. There's not a lot I wouldn't watch over our own. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, we also did an interview all the way in Hawaii uh, with Sheldon, who is a chef turned detailer. And we did it remotely, to be fair. Yeah, we were. I, I did a push for us meet, to go to meet him halfway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they said, "Well, that's Miami." I was like, "Oh no, no, you can yeah. leave it. We'll, we'll, we'll be all right." Um, 
so that was fun and that was an interesting interview um which brings us really on to uh the elephant in the room the mega test i'm looking at you expectantly I'm looking at you disgustedly. Okay, well, the, the, the plus un change. Um, so, Megatest, we are testing... Ha, I went all Boris and didn't I? Um, we are Bar. testing... Retirement. Worth. Forced um, retirement. So, we, uh, as, as I think we've discussed in the past, we, we got... Uh, we're testing graphene as a material, and we got the lovely Dr. John Hogg of Angel Wax to cook up some uh, waxes, which all looked and smelt and tasted the same. They're all black. And um, the idea was that one is just an organic wax. The other is the same organic wax with a bit of SiO2 blended correctly into it. Uh, and then ditto one with graphene correctly put in via a uh, dispersion, uh, which has been assisted with AGM, which is Applied Graphene Materials, who we went and saw in the last issue or two issues ago. No, last, last issue. Last issue. And the idea was that these waxes were unlabeled bar a number, and we send them out to a number of people ranging from professional detailers. We sent two out of the three. Uh, so yeah. nobody had any idea. Well, they, they couldn't just look at these three and say, well, at least one of these is a graphene, or at yeah. least one of these is an SiO2. It generally was a double-blind test. Yeah. So we sent two of the three waxes out to uh, about a dozen... Well, we sent... A, couple more out but in terms of what we got back about a dozen groups and I say range from professional detailers to manufacturers to uh, amateur detailers to I don't want to say professional reviewers yeah professional reviewers I think there has been a couple mentions of social influences but I almost feel that's like a dirty word I think you know professional reviewers people who day job it's a nicer way of saying it it is a nicer way and I think it gives more cred to those who are involved Um, and so they basically tested these things blind and gave us our feedback and the idea was entirely in their own way exactly We, we gave no guidance on how they were to test it all we said was we want these statistics back as part of however you test yeah we want to look at these metrics i things like loss and ease of application and that sort of thing quite an important thing would be to say what we didn't want from this which was any metrics on longevity yes because when we first spoke to john about doing this and he he cackled on the phone at me when i suggested sending out things blind to people for them to try and identify which was which. He misheard you. He thought you were going to go out and blind people. Uh, he could have been cackling. He could have been reciting Shakespeare. I can't tell with the Scottish accent. There's three. Um, <laughs> yeah, w- one, one thing he said was that these waxes are literally going to show you the initial um, effects. They're not going to be able to to show durability or anything like that. That's You need to do a lot more fettling and to be fair when anyone's making a wax they don't just you know chuck a little bit of powder and say that's an SO2 they do a lot more than just that but well, it's, some it's, some do that some do that <laughs> it's more to see if each individual ingredient the SiO2 and graphene if they can improve on a basic kind right. of a wax yeah. And I think that's what it's it's done quite well. It's achieved that. And so we've got all the results back from people. Some people, like lovely Andreas Schwarzinger from Switzerland, uh, he wrote us literally a 4,000, I think it was 4,300-word account mm-hmm. uh, of things uh, with a little bit of a rant included. We've included most or, or yeah, half yeah, of Yeah, we, we haven't censored it. The only reason we had to cut it down was because we didn't have space left in the magazine <laughs> yeah. to have... To have four pages so he's got two yeah. pages and they are stuffed full of text with yeah. very little images so there's a lot to read there still and it's all perfectly valid that he was writing but we took away a little bit of the the, the subjectivity about the detailing industry as a whole because it wasn't really relevant directly to yeah the text. there's quite a lot of narrative on but there. we will what we will do though is publish that 
on uh, probably on Facebook or something. There's a little downloadable PDF that you can read the entire thing. Just see, so we're not we're not hiding anything. We're not censoring anything. Yeah, it's just we we only have so much space in the magazine. There is, and then we've had quite a few have done uh, their kind of reviews via the medium of video. Dance. Oh, video. Uh, and so we, for example, uh, John Delu, forensic man. Um, we have created an account, but he's also done a couple of videos. One is already on the YouTubes, and the other will be coming out shortly. They're all QR-coded in there? Mostly QR-coded in there, yep. Um, and Andres has done a video too that we will post on the Pro Detailer channel at some point soon. Mm-hmm. I need to get a refresh link for that as it happens. Um, and various other, Paul Dolden uh, and stuff like that. And also people have been talking about it in their podcasts as well. So Specky and Paul, uh, they've been chatting about it. I think it's come up in the Speed 6 podcast as well. So, um, you know, it's, it's very 21st century, this. And we've been kind of bringing in results from all these things and putting them together. And we come to some interesting, if not entirely unexpected, conclusions uh, in the magazine. And then we also test a similar principle, but we knew what we were testing, um, coatings with a bit of graphene in and coatings with purely SiO2 coatings. And those results were much clearer and interesting. So um, it's like a little addendum at the end of the mega test, but definitely something worth reading. I mean, with the with going back slightly to the, the wax portion of the test, there is, there's almost like a sub-test going on in there that wasn't, in, wasn't intentional when we, we started it, but we realised probably about a month into it that, hang on a minute, we are also almost testing if reviewers can actually tell these things. It's, it's, mm. like, it's like the statistic you get that um, uh, something like 70% of uh, trained sommeliers can't actually tell blind the difference between red and white wine. It is. Uh, speaking of somebody who spent two years studying wine, I can tell And you, is blind. And is blind. But no, even from a taste test, I've, I'm a super smeller, which means my name's like, I can tell people by their body odour mm. at about 50 paces. Um, which is where they normally stay, luckily. <laughs> yeah, thank God. Um, and, and yeah, you'll be amazed. As soon as, and it's the same is true for food. As soon as you uh, blindfold yourself and you cut out one of those senses, uh, it is really difficult sometimes to tell things. But it's great because it, it cuts out confirmation bias. Yes. Completely. And um, while, while it's not sort of defin- definitive saying, oh, every, every reviewer doesn't say, doesn't... Um, doesn't know the difference. There were a few of them that did manage to pick up on it, but yeah. all of them were saying that these these things are really close, mm. which I think is probably one of the the biggest revelations about this is just how close an organic wax is to an SO2 wax to a graphing test when you take out durability. Take out durability and take out fancy pants labels. I mean, I'd, to just to give you, for example, where we do our uh, our podcast is uh, surrounded at the moment with the new products from the last couple of issues. So we're talking ooh, 300 bottles of product. And if you look at the different labels, some of them are really exciting. Just, you know, you expect the product inside to be really good because the label's good and what it says is good. And, and, con- and conversely as well, I, I've kind of mentally yeah. written off quite a few products pre-testing just by the looking at the label. So I'm, I'm judgmental as well. Yeah, and I think cutting out that has is, is, is been a fascinating experience. But anyway, have a read of the mega test and see what you think. And I think it's a it's an interesting one. We'll be doing normal mega tests for uh, at least the next couple of issues and then perhaps doing another popular-based one uh, later down the line. Uh, we haven't actually thought about what the next mega test is going to be, which is probably a conversation we'll have in, in about a, four months. Yeah, I was say, <laughs> a bit later on. Um, but anyway, it just leads me to really say thank you to all those who gave up their time. One, to, last, th- one oh, last thing as well, because okay. we have some showcase cars. No, we do no, need to briefly cover. Yeah, no, I am going to cover that. Oh, I, so I, was, I, just, you, I was wrapping I up the mega test. Off. Yeah, no, 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 no. Oh, I thought you... I was wrapping up the mega test. Oh, I thought you, was, you, you were just telling us to, to go. Okay. 
Uh, which just leaves me to say thank you very much to all of those on for listening. For, <laughs> shut up, go away. Um, for the um, uh, go involved with the Megatest, I really appreciate the time, frankly, that you put into it and the effort you put into it. And some guys, particularly, have gone you know above and beyond, uh, and it really is appreciated. And we hope that um, you know our readers and you guys will will kind of appreciate the amount of effort that's gone into it from third parties because um, it wouldn't have worked without them. Um, so. That's that. Um, moving briefly on, we have other Trader Talk articles. There's one really interesting one, developing a ceramic coating with mm-hmm. Valipro. Um, and we popped and down... All of, all of the steps that they go th- had to go through with testing against different... Uh, yeah, benchmarking. Benchmarking in the first place. Actually, quite a lot of work that went into it, which yeah. not every company, I think, goes through. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they don't. And, and that so they was have why... They have quite an expensive way of doing it as well, Valipro. Oh, yes, big time. Big time. I was talking to uh, Mark mostly about it, and um, in fact, I was talking to Greg about it yesterday. Uh, but anyway, clang, um, clang. Yeah, um, the they, you know, they actually developed their own ceramic coating and tested the side-ons and lots of SGS reports that we had eyes on but weren't allowed to print. So, um, with well, fascinating not. stats. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and the cost of those things terrifying. But anyway. Um, We've got that. And then then we go on to the showcase. Now, the showcase is quite small this time, but we've got two really cool articles for different reasons. Um, the first one is a Volvo 145, which is a Volvo close to my heart because when I was a kid, it's what other kids' parents had, were the proper boxy old Volvos before the 760s and 940s and all that jazz. All the cool-looking ones. All the cool ones. <laughs> These were the proper, uh, the good lifestyle 70s ones. And uh, so this car, I can't remember all the backstory, but basically it involved uh, Johnny Carpervert, who is an uh, ex-fifth gear guy, and I've had the privilege of meeting once or twice, and he's a lovely chap, and he's been involved with it, and uh, a... Um, a Brent. Bryn was Bryn Musselway is the current owner custodian of it, and he's a, a, a seriously cool photographer from back in the day. And I remember I went up there for a shoot, um, and by God, the memories he has, which I obviously don't have because I'm, I'm young and weren't there. But I was the one reading the magazines that he was putting together at the time, and I was the one attending the shows that he was organising back in the noughties, uh, and it was just a brilliant, brilliant perspective. Um, and that was detailed, which is what we kind of covered in the in the showcase side of it. And I'm trying desperately to remember um the details huh jack smythe jack smythe that's the name i was looking for in my head and he's done a great and again it's a sympathetic detail that was a, a thing it kind of follows on to the vintage detail even though it's not technically vintage so that's cool and i love the shoot that we got to do with it although i think only about two photos from that shoot actually made it in because they're all after photos um and um yeah and Bryn had another racing volvo they was just off to players when i was doing it and that was super cool too and i snuck one cheeky photo but i don't think we published it and the other one i'm going to hand over to stop me waffling to ear is that how we stop you waffling the other one was a trip up to sunny daventry Ugh. we haven't been up to Maguire's for eight i think the last time we went up to Maguire's, they were on the front cover of seven yeah i the... feel i've been more recently i went more recently to oh yeah to no you did, the yeah there was the, yeah. there was the um yeah the the training, training course yeah. yeah um no, no, we went up there, had a chance to do a podcast with Dale Marsman, mm-hmm. lovely chap, and went down and he'd taken one of his many, many cars out of uh, the undisclosed storage location. Mm-hmm. One thing we noticed when we went in there, going up the stairs, they have uh, little prints uh, done of all the um, brand project cars that they've done over the years. And you sort of go through, are they really 
do do quite a lot of cool things. They do, and this is this is a, the kickstart to a new part of the mag that we're going to do a new repeat feature, which is we're going to go and uh, do an article on each on manufacturer project cars, and there'll just be one per issue. And we've started off with the Megs, um, but we're looking at all the others out there. And I'm talking about you, Mr. Dodo Juice, you, Mr. Auto Finesse, you, Mr. Shana Gloss, and all those others who've got some very cool project cars because I frankly want to drive that Saab that Shana Gloss do. That's basically my raison d'etre right now. I cannot see that happening, but sure. No, well, I'll give it a go. I mean, I haven't had a crash in, 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 in days. So um, that's that's kind of a new thing. But this this car, we featured the Mercedes. It was a W115, which he put a lot of work in. It's all part of a YouTube series that they put together uh, between um, his co-worker Tom, Tom and Dale, um, Rescue Rangers, I think, but yeah. maybe not. Um, <laughs> Tom put together a, a uh, Renault 5. Yep. Slightly cooler than our one, slightly. But oh, I don't know. I bloody love talking photos of that one, though. Somebody had just hit it at uh, players three before, so it, yes. it uh, had a bit of a damage. crack in the bumper. But, yeah. um, and Dale's... Uh, Choice again was this um, this Mercedes, and he's uh, gone through it with a fine tooth comb, turned it into this sort of California cruiser. I was going to say seventies gangster, and I was. Yeah, it's a little bit pimp, isn't it? It's a bit Chicago gangster, but it's really cool. So he's he's taken the um, the interior up to Cobra to have it all retrimmed in this forest green leather. Uh, the um, the paintwork's all been done. It's a uh, probably shipped down in Dorset, probably something like that down south anyway. No, they, they talk funny down there and they smell worse. Uh, Just counting them in. Um, and yeah, they done, they've done a uh, sort of 70s lace uh, painting on the roof and mm. everything. And it's it's been um, it's on air, right. on airbags to fit in these custom wheels um, done by Detroit Steels, which arrived as just black steelies that they, they manufactured them especially. They don't normally do this PCD fitting because they're American market, but they made them especially for those because they're looking to come into the European market a bit more. Um, so they made these ones the cinema, they're black. Dale then took the Peugeot car per sunset. They used yeah, the paint well. and he's painted up the wheels in exactly the same colour, but with a um, satiny uh, matte clear coat finish. Yep. Uh, stuck him in the arches, slammed them down, especially so they can go onto the front cover. Yes, indeed. Oh, there's probably some other reasons as well, but it's the front cover. It is the cover It's cover. a very cool shot. I it do is, like this shot. Fun. And so, yeah, we do the front cover sort of coming in from a sort of a sketch point of view down to the the building process. It is. So. And photo buffs, it was taken on a 100mm macro at f-stop 25 with about a six-second exposure with... For uh, non-photo buffs, it was, it was taken on a, f- a camera. <laughs> it camera. took a while to get that, because, well, it's difficult. When you're photographing something with brown, it's... Brown is not... I know it's copper sunset, but it's brown. It's, it's always a challenge, but we did get the odd angle on it, which was nice. Um, so that was fun. But anyway... Uh, as ever, we've also got the directory section, a little bit about the PBD assessments at the end, uh, but that pretty much wraps up the uh, issue 50 of the magazine. It will be available for pre-order this week. Yes. At some point. Later. Yeah. So um, hopefully the first copies will be landing at the very, very beginning of August, I imagine, at this at this rate. Um, we're all coordinating it with our own trips and stuff that we've got on. So it's all going to be fun when you suddenly have to send a thousand magazines out in one day. It's quite a quite a busy day, I'm not going to lie. Um, and we need to find a suitably big car that works because the big car we normally use isn't working very well at the moment when it comes to getting it shipped to the, to the depot. So you need, kind of need to sort of, sort of split those into three categories and pick two. <laughs> 
Well, last time I realised when we were doing it, I was it a Mag? big car yeah. works. <laughs> when it was the Mag, there was one of them we were doing it, and I worked out that we put 900 kilos in the back of it. was Boris. Back. It was Boris. We put, it, was it was sagging. I think was, you broke it, didn't you? Yeah, that's when that, exactly. That is when the self-levelling suspension quite a while ago um, finally gave way, and I kind of looked at going, bloody car's broken down. Then I realised we put 900 kilos in a vehicle whose payload, I think, was less than 600. So I oh, that would probably explain it. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, in other things, obviously we've got uh, season four of the podcast coming out very soon. We've got some very interesting people, and we've been podcasting, as you probably guessed, all over the world, well, all over Europe at least, and with Americans. Um, so we've got some interesting people there. We're not going to let the cat out of the bag. We've got one or two more to record that we've got booked in. Um, and then this will launch, I suspect. I'm looking forward to recording our next one. Yeah, next one will be fun. You want to do it in a van, don't you? Well, you've got a van. Well, I know he's got a van, but it doesn't mean we have to... I had a van. I didn't think... It's, quite an, it's, quite an, it's like, you know, uh, a Jamie cooking show, but with detailing. Yeah, OK. Well, uh, look, I'm always trying something once. Otherwise, you know, you can just drive the van here and do it. Yeah, that's that's another alternative. Not just a, it's not just in a van, because that could be a bit creepy. It's It's got a mattress in it. <laughs> yeah, you're not helping. The windows are blacked out. It, it's, not, it's not weird or anything. No, it's got a chemical toilet. Yeah, yeah. Chemical disposal, he was saying. Yeah, no, exactly. It melts well. No, it's fine. It, it'll be all right. We'll probably make it, uh, if not... Bugger. Um, anyway, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we will wrap up right now, and it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Uh, 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 uh,